When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance live as always above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17, like 20 minutes after I said I was not going to waste any more time talking about the Jets. Brandon just wrinkles me. And now I have to respond to him because he makes me insane. He says, Greeny, that's why I told you we shouldn't have gotten Rodgers. That was not the problem. That was not where it went wrong. That was the one thing they got right. And now we're just dead, as most teams would be, for having done that. But that that definitively was not what the the problem is and is not what the problem is. And I remain frustrated by your even saying that. And it got me, dragged me. Just when I thought I was getting out, you dragged me back in. All right, let me drag myself back out again. There were some statistics. I promised you some statistics that will blow your freaking mind. I don't even know where to begin with them. So let's start with C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud is the only rookie quarterback over the last 40 years to lead a game-winning drive that started in the final two minutes in consecutive games. He is the only rookie since the 1970 merger to lead the league in passing yards per game through week 10 of a season. The last rookie to lead the league in passing yards per game over a full season was Davey O'Brien in 1939. No truth to the rumor that everyone was a rookie then because the league had just started. It actually had been around for 15 years, but the point is you got to go back to 1939 for there to be a season as good as the one that C.J. Stroud is putting together. And it is my opinion... That if they win that division, he absolutely should win the MVP. Should. You, you, so that's how you're basing it. So yeah. that to me, what if they make the playoffs? What if they just make the playoffs? Because I want to pin you down on this. I don't uh, think they will make the playoffs if they don't win the division. Because I think that the prism through which we view him is obviously aided by the fact that he's a rookie. But then you're taxing other MVP candidates that, that aren't. And I think that's unfair. Like, I, I'm, I'm taking that prism away. I'm okay. going to put the prism back on how terrible a team he took over. Mm. If Joe Burrow had led the Bengals to the Super Bowl his rookie year instead of his second year, he would have been the MVP of the league. Forgetting the fact that he's a rookie. He took over a team that had the first pick in the draft. This guy took over a team that earned the second pick in the draft with their badness and actually only did so because of a miracle Hail Mary, right? Didn't they win their last game on a Hail Mary against Jeff Saturday's Uh, the Colts, that otherwise they would have been the first pick in the draft. They were the worst team in the NFL last year, and he's got them in position to make the playoffs or win. That's what valuable means. Show me someone else who is that. Just because their records, their team record is better, 
Tyreek Hill, insanely valuable. A.J. Brown, insanely valuable. I'm not trying to diminish. In order to make an argument for someone, you don't have to diminish the others. What I would say is what those guys are doing, despite the fact that their teams are better, is not more impressive than this guy taking over this awful team and making them good immediately. That's a good argument. It's an interesting argument. And it's not one that I like making because I like to live in the objective. And I would say that C.J. Stroud is somewhere between the 5th and 10th best quarterback in the league just by looking at the numbers. But I am intrigued by the more sort of qualitative uh, aspects that you're bringing to this because like, value can be, can be determined by more than one way. I think C.J. Stroud is having a top 10 quarterback season by all standards this season. He's obviously far and away the rookie of the year, but he's not better than Mahomes and Jalen Hurts or even Jared Goff or Justin Herbert this year. He's just not. But I am intrigued by the idea of, okay, this guy turned a team around like that that no one else could have or would have and whether or not we should give him extra benefit because of it. Let me flip it on you here. If a quarterback was having, with the year that Deshaun Watson had that unbelievable season in Houston and they mm-hmm. went like 5-11. and 11, I think they went 4-12 and 12 that year. Did we consider him for MVP? Uh, we didn't. I mean, he wasn't. Did I don't the think, world? No, I don't but he had he the best. No, of one course not. That. That's my point. Right. Because what the team is expected to do and what it does do and what your role in it has mm-hmm. a, plays a role. I've always been against Andre Dawson and Alex Rodriguez winning MVP in baseball on last place teams because we could have finished last just as easily without you. This team stunk on ice, and here they are in the thick of a playoff race. Now, if they fall apart right now, they're what are they, five and four? Five and four. So if they wind up six and 11, then that conversation ends. If they wind up with 10 wins, that's an increase of seven wins from what no eight wins yeah. they were two what well, no they were three 13 and one yeah that's it's right. an increase of seven victories from last year show me the other person who was responsible for an increase of seven victories then i'll tell you who deserves mvp ahead of yeah him. and the amazing thing is that you can't you can't bl- you know sort of credit the system in this case because like cj shroud is is that it's, it's a downfield passing game that's that's the amazing thing about it and it's a downfield passing game in which Nico Collins is his number one. Yeah. Nico Collins leads the Texans in receiving yards this season. And by the way, didn't play yesterday. That's correct. CJ Stroud outdueled Joe Burrow on the road in that game against uh, Lou Anarumo was a great defensive coordinator. Todd Bowles is a great defensive coordinator. And his offense has scored on 13 of 25 drives in those two games. Hung 69 points. Threw for 826 yards. It's remarkable what he's doing. You're but arguing even, against yourself. But even so... The odds are 30 to 1. All right, fine. 30 then to take one. it. Who's better than him? Who's playing better than I him? I would still take Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and Jared Goff you think and Patrick Lamar Mahomes Jackson. has been more valuable this season than, than uh, C.J. Stroud? I do. Meaning, meaning their team has exceeded your expectation more so than his has? Not necessarily, but that's not how I choose to perceive value. I do it much more quantitatively. But I'm not discrediting the, 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 the argument that you're making. I think it's, it's an interesting one because it's not one that I often consider. But there's no real argument that C.J. Stroud has been a better player than Mahomes or Hurts. But has he been more valuable by your standards? Sure. By the Absolutely. way, you talked me into this. So you're ready for the draft. Let's get started. Greenies Draft Prep. You said this morning, go dig up the notes you had on him for this year's draft. So I did. When he was drafted by Houston with the second overall pick, this is verbatim what I said because I had my notes prepared. Sat behind Justin Fields for a year in Columbus, then became a two-year starter for the Buckeyes, a a finalist for the Heisman both years. Regular season numbers off the charts, 81 touchdowns, 12 picks. Postseason, even better. The Rose Bowl two years ago against Utah, then the semifinal game on New Year's Eve against Georgia. That's two games. His team scored 89 points 
He threw for 921 yards and 10 touchdowns. He's from Rancho Cucamonga, California. That, that's the end of my note on him. I always like to mention where kids are from because I just think it's interesting to, to give a little, you know, just so you know a little something about him. He's from Southern California. He actually grew up right near Bryce Young, and the two of them have known each other for a very long time, and they went one and two in the draft. The point is... This guy got knocked down. Now, as it turns out, he didn't fall. He went second. And I'm hearing more and more whispers that the Texans were the ones who were surreptitiously spreading a lot of stories about him <laughs> to get him to fall the second because all, every number, everything I just read to you should have been an indication that he was the easiest choice for the first pick in the draft. And I will credit Lou Riddick, who was saying it all through the draft process, and candidly myself, who was saying it all through the draft process, how anyone was going to take Bryce Young ahead of him made no sense at all. Helmet scouting. That is why C.J. Stroud was not the first pick. People blindly point to 50 years of data that says Ohio State quarterbacks don't become anything in the NFL, and it's lazy. I can't imagine another way. If you watched Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud both play in college, as we all did, there was really no question who was going to be the better pro. And Bryce Young is built like a punter. C.J. Stroud was, was precise. He was good at everything. And he even showed against Georgia, a team with first-round draft picks littered on its defense, that he could run if he had to. But the NFL pre-draft process remains undefeated with teams overthinking stuff. And it's hard for us to remove our biases when it comes or, to where Remember, too, they from. also, with Stroud, he was the one who ran anonymous GMs and people were saying, because he, he failed that, whatever version of the Wonderlick is now, <laughs> And uh, people were taking him off the draft board because of that because he, he did so poorly on the test. And he That's famously the said, point. I'm not right. a test taker, I'm a football player. Those anonymous GMs are the, are the spreading of these rumors that I'm talking about. Look, there are many people who believe the late, great Don Shula had a lot to do with a lot of the rumors going on out there about Dan Marino and all that kind of stuff. Put a bunch of, and, and look, every team does this, but Marino felt, he, Marino was the sixth quarterback taken the year he came out of college. Is that a coincidence? I mean, did that, you know, did Tony Eason, Todd Blackledge, Ken O'Brien uh, all go ahead of him that year, you know, or, or did something, you know, funny happen? That's what I'm saying. This is going to wind up looking like that. That's how good C.J. Stroud is. And I think that the Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud might wind up being like Trubisky Mahomes comparable. Like, I hope I'm wrong. And we don't have to necessarily pit them against each other, but the public's going to naturally do it. Bryce Young could still become a player. I don't happen to think that that's likely based on basically everything that I've seen. But C.J. Stroud has the chance to become like a perennial all-pro. Like If you're doing this as a rookie with basically no real pass catchers, as you're learning the league on the fly against the best teams, against the most astute defensive coordinators, for him, the sky is the freaking limit. By the way, speaking of learning on the fly, Joshua Dobbs, I think, has become my favorite player in the league. Joshua Dobbs, who was traded for a sixth-round pick to Minnesota two weeks ago. Did you notice the Vikings quarterback got hurt and they immediately made a move? That sound like something anyone else might have wanted to consider doing? Hmm. Instead of trying to pretend that I the draft the pick— fifth. What's that? Plead the fifth. <laughs> plead the fifth. Oh, yeah. Robert Sala will plead the fifth. Joe Douglas will plead the something— and Joshua Dobbs, who showed up and did not take a snap before his first game in a Vikings uniform, but because that team was serious about winning and not about protecting its own reputation, he became the first player yesterday in NFL history to record 400 passing yards, 100 rushing yards, 
and zero interceptions in a player's first two games with a team. Bear in mind, that does not only include players who change teams mid-season. That would include players who change teams during an offseason and had an entire offseason to get ready. Tom Brady in 2020 would have met this criteria in his first two games. So would everyone that has ever changed teams. Dobbs is the only one ever with 400 passing yards, 100 rushing yards, and zero interceptions in his first two games with a team. By the way, they've won both of them in Minnesota. The fact... Don't get me started. I mean, don't do... I mean, why am I doing this to myself? Bubba, last week I told you that the Pastronaut ranked somewhere between the 15th and 20th best quarterbacks in the world. Are you willing to say that I'm right today? No. Yeah, I think that's too high. Come he, on. He's playing well. I'm happy. But also, we should also remind people, he was not even supposed to be playing. He's only playing because Jaron Hall was hurt. So, to be fair, the Vikings didn't bring him in to start. Like, he, he only played because the So, essentially the same thing. Zach Wilson. Right. And if Jaron Hall had been just awful, given them zero chance to win and terrible, then maybe they would have given the ball to Josh Dobbs because they had another option. Right. Well, and the Jets brought in Trevor Simeon. So and how's that working out? Oh, God. Well, they're, they're, not, they're not executing the second part of it. They, they did bring someone in. <laughs> they're just refusing to play First of all, they else. waited like a month to bring in Trevor Simeon. Second of all, they brought in Trevor Simeon. They signed someone who didn't have a job rather than trading a sixth-round pick sure. to get Joshua Dobbs. What did you call him? The Pastronaut? The Pastronaut. Yeah, because yeah. he's an yeah, because I he's thought we weren't talking scientist. Jets. What happened? No, I'm not. I, I'm sorry. You're he's right. He's talking I'm, Vikings. We're not even talking about the that's Jets. That's right. This is a Viking conversation, first and foremost. I'm rooting for them to make the playoffs now because they did it. They showed a genuine willingness to do what it takes, while at the same time the Jets have gone 36 consecutive offensive drives without a touchdown. Longest so active streak many. in the NFL. 36 oh drives. 36 drives. I remember the play. It was the second quarter of that giant game. They threw a little pass to Drew, uh, to um, Brees Hall, and no one you know touched him, and he ran for a touchdown, and that was the end of it. And they haven't scored a touchdown since then. The that Jets, was October. The Jets are 5 of 22 in the red zone this year. It's the worst rate of any team in the I can't even remember the five. Years. When were the five? <laughs> like, I don't even remember that. It's, it's, a, it's, it's horrific. But anyway... The point is, those were some numbers that jump off the page at you. By the way, if you're looking for one more reason to love the Texans, a better won $5.5 million on a four-team parlay that needed the Texans to beat the Bengals yesterday. That walk-off field goal won that guy $5.5 million. Meanwhile, coming up next, I will tell you what is right now the worst team in the NFL to root for. And spoiler alert, it is not the Jets. You'll hear who it is right after this on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Earlier on Greeny. Jason Kelsey of the Philadelphia Eagles, featured in People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive issue. Patrick Dempsey won the award this year, also featured Timothée Chalamet, Jamie Foxx, Usher, and Lenny Kravitz. Do we think I'm sexier than any of them? Usher, I think, is the sexiest of those men. He was in person once on Mike and Mike. I think he's the best-looking person I've ever seen. Lenny Kravitz is pretty sexy, too. If you insisted on me picking one of these... Lenny no Kravitz. one did. Well, no, I'm the- <laughs> no, Literally, no one is insisting yeah. that. This is Greeny. See, I, I disagree. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. I think that there is no moment in which you could be talking about the sexiest man alive topic, you know, which People Magazine has done a very good job of turning into sort of like a staple, like the two, I think the two best known like individual, well, no, shouldn't be two. There's a few of them. Like at least in my lifetime, there was a time when the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue was just a big deal. Like when that was coming out, it was a big deal. People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive coming out, it's a big deal. Time Magazine's Person of the Year was, a, was and I, to some at least lesser degree, remains a big deal. Sports Illustrated Sportsman of the Year or Sports Person of the Year, what, however they are framing that now. Th- those are big deals. So if you're going to talk about the Sexiest Man Alive, how, how can you not opine on it. I just don't understand. Oh, you, you can opine. It was the characterization of your answer. No one insisted that you rank these right. guys. That, yeah, that, that was, it was rank. It was like we were pinning you to, you know, to who, the wall. Who like, who's the sexiest for? of these men? Who would you vote for? I told you I would vote for Usher. He's a very sexy man. Bubba, if you were just voting from scratch, doesn't have to be those finalists. Who would you vote for as the sexiest man alive? Nuno. Mm. You'd vote for Nuno? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's a cop out answer. He's really See, that's turned not wanting around. to answer the question. As though there's some something wrong with noticing that other men are sexy or whatever the case may Greeny be. Greeny is insisting that you answer. But I yes. insisted. Cam. Cam's pretty sexy. I mean, oh by the standards gosh. of this show, he's reasonably <laughs> by the standards sexy. of this show, he's a god. <laughs> there's no Alan Hahn. That's probably true. true. Yeah. Now, it says on here. On my screen, we have to call out Hembo for something. Yes. Do you, do you know what this is? I All right. No Let idea. me get to that in 30 seconds because that just got added to my rundown, and I don't know what it is. So I will get to the worst teams to root for in a few minutes. But in 30 seconds, we're going to find out what we're calling out Hembo for. That's after this word from Granger. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. All right, guys, what are we calling out Hembo for? Hembo appears to be wearing a very nice button-down shirt. It appears to be because he's wearing a random pullover over it 
what is this outfit that he it's has? It's like a hoodie pullover, too. It's, Why it's, are you wearing it over a very nice dress shirt? I would add also, it's extremely tight. Like the clothes, I don't know if you realize <laughs> this, but the clothing you're wearing today, your pants, like when I walked in today, you were sort of silhouetted by the, the rising sun behind you mm. uh, in the window. And no, no, don't make that sound. That was not the reaction I yeah, had Yeah, you just at made all. him sound sexy. The, the reaction was more like, uh. No, I was referring to the sun. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it was like, Ye. that's that's. This is not what we were looking to have happen here. Now, what is the thinking behind this outfit? Because even by your standards, it is somewhat strange. Uh, I don't really understand what the problem is here. It's a it's a reasonably nice. Can will you give me that? This is a perfectly fine button up to choose to wear to work. Both individual items of clothing are yeah. fine. Yeah. Paired together, it, it looks strange. It's and an f- unusual choice together. And now, further, this this trend of of hoodies and blazers that Dan Orlovsky and Jeremy Fowler and other people are doing. Mm. Just just looks awful. I think Hembo's doesn't look as bad as that, but it is still strange paired together. I mean, Fowler is a fashion icon, obviously. The thing that other people have had problems with this morning is that my shirt is checkered, but my sweatshirt is striped. And apparently that's a thing. It keeps getting worse. Yes. You got dressed, obviously, in pitch black darkness yeah, this morning, right? I mean, that's what I'm assuming. Yeah, as I usually because do. no human being would ever pick out the two things you're wearing on top today together. I don't really think it's that bad. Oh, well, you're wrong. Like, I thought like I would come in and people would compliment me on my Well, outfit. you thought that like, wrong. I straight up thought, like, oh, this was a good one. And then you straight up were wrong. And so the problem is more than one thing? The no, problem- the problem is the two things. Okay, no, but the, I'm saying is it's too tight. Uh, it, it's all too tight. Okay, so that's one. Secondly, they clash because one is striped and one is checkered. Yeah, I mean, two, for starters. And, and third, you can't wear a button-up with a hoodie? You can, but not either of those. And you have your button-up sleeves rolled over the hoodie. I yeah. love that, too. If, if you were going to wear a, a, a button-down shirt underneath uh-huh. a hoodie or anything, it should be solid color. It should not have as much going on as yours does. Yours has one, two, three. If you include the buttons, four different colors yeah. that are visible for like an inch and a half above a, a horizontally striped, very tight hoodie. The whole thing is just off I can't believe no one complimented him on that. No, no. I mean, no one. Okay. No. Well, <laughs> I didn't even bring this up because I wanted to be. No, but when you walked in this morning, you did bring up my pants being they're too much tight. much too tight. I mean. They're joggers. They're not on. supposed to like be hanging off of me. Are they patterned as well? Are, are they, no. Now, can you just stand up a Thank minute? goodness. I, mean, I just want to see them again. I just want to. Like those are are those yoga pants? Like are those what all the like, like wow, women walk down the tight. street Whoa. wearing like and you have boots on? What is going pants? on with this ensemble also, yeah, here? Light blue <laughs> of yeah. all the colors they've chosen. Like, I'm not a hundred percent sure you should be allowed to wear those and be visible on network television. Yeah, this like, is think, NSFW warning. You know what? You could you could act if, if you were perhaps going to perform tonight in the New York ballet. <laughs> I could see you. We got to take a those. picture because this. I mean, yeah, he's got the pants. The, Apparently, the there are a lot of. We got to get a picture of his entire outfit here and post yeah. it. So, with three articles of clothing, you're saying that there are like five or six things wrong. Like it's a. Pretty bad on. I mean, I haven't even gotten to your haircut. <laughs> I like the hair. Hair looks good. No, yeah, it's the, terrible. The hair is also very, always very controversial. I know. My wife likes the hair short. It seems that you like my hair long, Much or better. at least you like my hair. However, it's not. <laughs> no, <laughs> he wants what he can't have. I think that's right. Yeah, you that's know, right. You know who you kind of look a little like with all that, like. Are you familiar with the characters Ernie and Bert from Sesame Street? Yeah. You have a little Ernie and Bert thing going on. <laughs> you're like a little bit of both of them. You kind of dress like Ernie, but your hair's kind of like Bert. Oh my goodness! Well, considering I was looking to make a fashion statement today, it just wasn't. It just wasn't. Oh that no, no, one. you made one. <laughs> you just. It just may not have been the one you wanted. Okay, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was looking for something to cheer me up, and that worked. <laughs> so then, let's get to today's green lights. The list is what determines who matters in this business. 
Spring List. All right, so let's do the top five worst teams to root for right now, which could otherwise be called the top five or the bottom five teams to root for. Should this be that now that I re- I'm the one who named the list and we always called everything top, but should this be the bottom five teams to root for or the top five worst teams? To root for. Do you understand what I'm saying? Top and worst don't feel like they should go together. We should just get rid of the word top and just yeah. say the f- the five, five worst, worst teams to root for. To be clear, not the five worst teams to watch. That would be a totally different list. But the five worst teams to root for right now. Number five. Five is going to be the Bears because you're just in that horrible, nebulous, terrible place. You're just waiting for the season to end. It can't end soon enough. You have to root against your team because you're clearly undergoing a full rebuild. The sensible thing to do is to root for your team to lose every game, but there's nothing less fun than that. Nothing in sports is less fun than rooting for your team to lose every week. So I'll put them at five because there were just far worse situations. Like they've got their future is so bright, I almost didn't put them on the list. They're about to have two top five picks in the upcoming draft. Like, through history, that's only happened a small number of times. It happened in Chicago in 1965. You know what happened? They took Dick Butkus and Gale Sayers consecutively. So they could turn around their franchise in the blink of an eye. So I I really considered not even putting them on this list, but we'll put them at five because you have to root for them to lose the rest of the way. Number four. Number four is the Chargers. That team is wasting so much talent. They're so talented. How is it possible that they have a defensive-minded coach with the highest payroll on defense I've ever seen, and their defense sucks? How is that possible? Like, I don't get it. They have all these incredibly highly paid players on defense, Derwin James and um, and Joey Bosa, and there's one more. Who am I forgetting? Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack. They paid these guys, they're paying like a trillion dollars for their defense, and their coach got hired because he was the defensive coordinator in Los Angeles, uh, the other Los Angeles, and their defense is horrendous. How is that possible? You forgot to mention one thing. They also have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Well, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) But it's just the defense is terrible, and they have the best young quarterback in the sport, and they never win a game. They never win a game. They have lost four games this year by two points or three points. That's all coaching. Oh. We always say coaching is oh. around the margins. But that's, that's nothing new. They've been losing that game for about as long as I can remember. Phillip Rivers lost that game every week, too. And now Justin Herbert is losing it every single week. The Chargers are the fourth worst team to root for. Number three. The Jets are the third worst team to root for, for all the obvious reasons. I contemplated them putting number one only for this reason that the expectations for the season were so different. Like what, what we have been forced to sit through, particularly with this offense, over the last couple of years. I mean, this was that was supposed to be done now. To have Aaron Rodgers for four plays is so cruel. Like it's, 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 it's cruel. Like you wouldn't wish that upon your worst enemy. I genuinely believe that. There are plenty of people out there that can't stand me, right? Like, you listen to me on the radio all these years. I hate that Greeny guy. I hate him. Even those people are like, man, I feel bad for Greeny on this one. They got Rodgers, and he had him for four plays. I mean, it's tragic. So there are worse situations. I mean, the Jets are four and five. They're not, you know, one and eight. But the the expectations, the hopefulness 
is what makes this so painful. So over the last two years, the Jets have the fourth-ranked defense in the NFL behind the 49ers, Rams, and the Bills. Those three teams are a combined 26 games above 500 over that span, and the Jets are 11 and 50. Ugh. 11 and how much? 11 and 15. Okay, yeah. I thought you said 11 and 50, which is what it kind of feels like. Number two. The second worst team to root for right now is the Giants. Because you're in that same place I mentioned the Bears, only much worse. Maybe it's actually easier. Like, if you know going in, your team has no chance. Like, they're, it's horrendous. If Tommy DeVito is your quarterback, let me, let me rephrase that. If Tommy DeVito is the answer, I don't want to know what the question is. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's terrible. They're not even trying. Like, there were parts of that game yesterday where you were like, is this an NFL game? Like, should this actually count in the standings? Teddy Bruschi said it today. They skew the statistics. Like, it's almost like it's unfair. Like, in the MVP vote, they should actually consider that. Like, strength of schedule. Yeah, like, the Cowboys have the number two offense uh, this season, if you include all the games. And they're eighth if you exclude the Giants games. Like, oh, that's a great point. They're having an impact on, like, actual season-long stats. That's really it's good. It's impossible. That's why you're so good at this. So that Giants, is a good stat. <laughs> the Giants this year have been outscored by 148 points. They're the only team that is minus 100 or worse. And they have been outgained by 1,093 yards. They're the only team outgained by 1,000 yards. This is not, it's not an NFL team. And they actually started the year okay. They have two wins. They, they nearly made beat the Buffalo. playoffs last year. They made they the, the playoffs, playoffs last January. year. And now they're this bad. But again, it isn't that bad because they're going to get a super high draft pick. And they have a coach who, whatever we, to whatever degree, we have changed our perspective on him. Um, he's still, I think, an outstanding quarterback coach, and you're going to get a quarterback at the very top of the draft. So you're willing to give Brian Dayball totally a free pass for the year? Absolutely not. But what I am willing to say is I still believe he can coach quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. No one could coach Tommy DeVito into winning. <laughs> that team has clearly quit. I mean, they've given up on their season that, for all the right reasons. They're going to get Drake May or Caleb Williams or one of these guys, and Brian Dayball is going to coach him. And I think that there is a reason for hopefulness. And I think that's secretly what he's wanted all along. Which, which brings you to number one. Number one. Which is by far the worst team brewed for has to be the Carolina Panthers. Because you're probably going to finish with the worst record in the NFL. And you traded away your first round draft pick for a quarterback who clearly isn't the right pick. Like you traded away what's well, going to turn out to be the first pick in the most desirable quarterback draft class in recent memory. Like, people are comparing this to 83 and 04 for quarterback class. You traded away what's going to be the first pick in that draft to take, the, at best, the second-best quarterback in last year's draft class and maybe the fourth. Now, right now, if I told you you could start a team, let me go to Bubba. Bubba, are you listening? I'm here. Good. Every now and again, I have to confirm that. If I told you right now, you could start a team with either C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or Bryce Young, in what order would you put them? I assume we would all say C.J. Stroud would be first. Right. Who would be second? I'm giving you the second pick in that draft. Just those four guys. Uh, I want to say Anthony Richardson, but it's tough to say with the injury, we didn't get enough to see out of him. But I would probably go Richardson to Levis, then Bryce. I really don't think my, my shirt is that bad. Oh, you're so wrong. Uh, Cam. Uh, 
Stroud, then Levis, then Young, then Richardson. Stroud, then Levis. Yes. Then Young, then Richardson. You put Richardson last. Uh, yeah. Because you just think he's always going to be hurt. I just think he's he's going to get banged up and his play style won't won't lend itself to success. One way or another, the point is, if you were to include this year's draft class, at very best, Bryce Young would be like the fifth guy you would take. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would take Anthony Richardson over Bryce Young because at least with him I've seen traits. Like, that's the thing about Bryce Young. Like, you haven't even seen, like, the spasm of greatness. Like, not even, like, for a drive. He just isn't good and isn't going to grow, right? And he's also a s- slight build without, like, the ability to really run out of trouble. He's not going to be able to use the middle of the field because he's five foot eleven. Like, I just don't – like, if I'm a Carolina Panthers, and they tried to, like, do a protest over the weekend and they canceled it because there was some children's event at the stadium. Like, already. That's how bad things are in Carolina right now. Yeah, it, it, it is a real mess. And uh, so that's the worst team to root for. So someone wrote on my board, someone wrote on the sheet, why are the Patriots not on this list? Should the Patriots be on this list in place of the Bears? Should the Patriots be on this list in place of any of the other teams? You could definitely put the Patriots on the list ahead of the Bears or the Chargers. I mean, the Bears will be a desirable team to root for in six months, but they aren't right now. I think you Couldn't could... the Patriots be? Aren't the Patriots going to start all over again with... An organization you have some confidence in, a coach, if you decide to keep him, so the, so who the has phrase, proven himself to be a genius. Organization I have some confidence in, I think is actually in question. Because like, what was the backbone of that? What is the backbone of that? Like, I actually think Bill could do it all again if they rebuilt it. But I don't think he's going to get that chance. And without knowing what that chance is going to look like, whether it be who the GM is or the head coach is, it's not obvious to me that you should feel optimistic about the so organization. So you don't think there's any way Bill comes back? I think there's a 10% chance, but... I mean, I think even that might be stretching it, don't you think? I think he'll come back. They'll just be bad again. He'll come back and they'll be bad with a new quarterback? Yeah. Well, I mean, are they going to get a quarterback? Right now, they're, you know, they're picking third. So if, sure, you can get a quarterback. If, There's if, a ton of quarterbacks the in The roster game. is terrible. Yeah. And how often have you seen a team bench their quarterback for a, for a fourth quarter? How, how much drive? of this is their roster being terrible and how much of it is their quarterback being terrible? The answer is yes. I mean, they have the worst offensive line in football, at least according to our numbers. But Mac Jones has just played dreadfully If, if I had read you the names of the Patriots receivers before this season and the Texans receivers before this season, mm. would you have told me Houston's receivers were better? I would say it's a wash at best. Okay, that's you know? my point. Yeah, that's But the right point. quarterback makes all of a sudden makes um, Collins and, and what's it, Noah Brown and all these guys yeah. that you've never heard of in your life all of a sudden all look really good. Here's the thing. like Mac Jones was actually good as a rookie. I mean, it was an offense that, I mean, they made the playoffs with a top 10 offense, yeah. and they averaged 27 points a game, and he was at least league average. That's right. So you can at least... You can at least dream on it because you at least got to see it once. You're still looking for amazing gifts at Total Wine and more. You'll find gifts for everyone on your list with the lowest prices for over 30 years. You'll always find what you love and love what you find. Only at Total Wine and more spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly. B21. Hembo time. Sneaky Hembo trivia for the radio. Talking a lot about C.J. Stroud today. My question is this. Uh, who is the only number two pick in the draft that ever threw for 4,000 yards in a season? It's not Zach Wilson? The only only number two pick that ever threw for 4,000 yards in any season. (laughs) The answer is next on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets but expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Greeny, the podcast. With you on ESPN Radio, starting stronger starts at AutoZone. Well, they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what make them, uh, makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone with AutoZone. Wow. Okay. And how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Hembo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? Hembo, go. Who is the only number two pick that ever threw for 4,000 yards in any NFL season? All right, so I'm trying very hard to come up with an answer that isn't what I think is the obvious one. I think there's an obvious one here, and I think it's the only caveat is there's at least a chance he never threw for 4,000 yards. I think he did, though. So do you want me, Hembo, I mean, uh, Bubba and Cam, you want me to go first or last? Uh, Last, but I assume we all have the same answer, maybe? Cam, go first. I'm going with Carson Wentz. Okay, that isn't mine. Also, yeah, not mine either. Okay, that's Never one mind. for Carson Wentz. Bubba. Yeah, I, the whole, first thing that came to my mind, really the only the number only number two pick I could think of was Donovan McNabb. That was mine too. And I'm, I thought of McNabb. I'm uh, going B- McNabb Bubba yeah. McNabb, Cam, Carson Wentz, Brandon, also McNabb. So we got three McNabs and a Carson Wentz. Hembo? The correct answer is 
Carson Wentz. Yeah, baby. Oh, God. Yeah, it's I knew that one. Freaking camp. Carson Wentz threw for 4,039 yards as a rookie in 2019. Donovan McNabb's career high was 39-16 in 2008. I remember wow. that because when Wentz did it, he was the first Eagle to do it. Hmm. See, I was thinking wow. to myself, McNabb had to have done it, which obviously I'm wrong about. And I, about, and I thought that in my head, I was thinking Wentz's one great year, he got hurt, like week 11 or whatever week that yeah. was, right? So he, he might not have gotten to 4,000 yards in his MVP season, yeah, but he which did he didn't year, win MVP. But he but, did it the year before as a rookie. I didn't remember that. Mm-hmm. Wow. In his MVP season, in air quotes, he threw for 33 touchdowns. That was the Eagles record that he threw. And he did that in 13 games. That's frustrating. All right, wow. Cam, run down the scores. I am 12 and 20. Bubba is 10 and 22. You are 8 and 24. Brandon is uh, 2 and 8, I think think and uh Carson Wentz now a Los Angeles Ram what do you mean you think like, uh, I had to look over at my screen but yes he's two and eight and and, and you didn't mention uh, uh Mark, Mark Cuban's Cuban. 0 and one he hasn't yeah. gotten another shot gotta get it. that in there every day yeah, yeah people that listen to the show tell me that that's their favorite part of the trivia is updating Mark Cuban's well, I think we should well maybe he'll come back on again updating and we'll ask him another question. by the way one other piece of feedback I got if you listen to the show on Friday we did like a group trivia question with three correct answers and I was told that that was someone in particular that I talked to like their favorite trivia we've ever done so Greeny what do you say once a week we do some kind of group trivia answer with like two or three correct, uh, like we did that, like we did on Friday. So, so remind me that the, the answer was three different ones. We had three different coaches that had beaten Jim Harbaugh as an NFL coach and quarterback, right? And like the group guessing, which somehow Cam got all three by himself because he's an assassin on a bender right now. But apparently, that was like really entertaining on the on the air. That's the so what I you're saying got. is you want to do more questions where there are multiple answers. Let's say like once a week. What do yeah, you say? I like it. All right. By the way, I, I gave us all points for Friday, so you're welcome. I love trivia. Like, I've been, I've been doing this on the radio for those of you who've been with me. I've been doing it since we started Mike and Mike. I've loved it forever. I've always liked it, and, and it makes me want to keep listening, so I hope everyone enjoys it as much as we do. I don't care how many answers there are. Okay, before we get to the pick. In case you missed it. All right, every now and again, we'll let you catch up on things you may have missed, including our own Chris Canty this morning on Unsportsmanlike, which is weekday mornings here coast-to-coast coast on ESPN Radio. I told you earlier today that I was very disappointed in the way the Big Ten handled the news that it made on Friday with the suspension of Jim Harbaugh. Chris Canty had these thoughts. This was highly inappropriate. Regardless of what you make of the allegations and the evidence that they might have in hand, what they did to those kids by putting them at such a disadvantage, by taking them coach off the field hours before the game, it just wasn't right. There were ways to go about doing this, and I thought this was a gross misstep by Tony Petiti. And now, when we have future allegations, and we know that's going to come up we're with other programs and wrongdoing that can affect competitive balance, it's going to be a situation where everybody that's a Michigan fan, everybody that's associated with the Michigan program is going to point the finger and say, you have to act now. Evidence and investigation be damned. And that's the slippery slope that Tony Petiti has now started the conference down. Yeah, I, I like what he said there. I don't, I don't know that I agree with all of it because there were two separate things going on at once but they are clearly going on parallel tracks one of them is did the big 10 overreach did they act prematurely did they get their decision right or wrong that is a very very legitimate conversation it should be had and i think reasonable minds can disagree on it in fact i think hembo and i are both reasonable people and we disagree the other conversation is the manner in which they chose to do this 
to do it hours before a game, to have the team on their flight, to, to have the information they've had as long as they have and choose a Friday afternoon to announce it is, is ludicrous to me. I, I, I still can't believe they did it. I still can't believe anyone thinks that's a good idea. The Friday news dump, we don't live in that world anymore. Like we don't live in a world where people watch the evening news and, and that's how they get their information. They, they're not going to read the paper again until Monday. People get their information now every day kind of the same. They see it where they see it. They see it on social media. They see it on their news feeds, whatever they choose to be. People watching cable news. That Friday news up thing is nonsense. But people still, their PR representatives keep telling them, no, no, announce this 4 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. No one will even notice. Okay. You look like boobs. I mean, I, I really think this was mishandled. I really do. And it, it, it bothers me because we should be better than that. And by we, I mean us. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an alum of a Big Ten university, and I'm proud of it. Let me ask you this question then. If they had done so the exact same thing 24 hours before, are you outraged at all? No. Well, I mean, now we're having what I think is a perfectly legitimate conversation about due process. Does this satisfy the qualifications of due process? Does this rise to the level of something that should require a three-game suspension? Should it have been more? Um, should, uh, should a coach really be responsible for things that happened in his program if you can't prove that he knew about them? Those are good conversations. I would have been delighted to entertain all of those. I certainly would not have been outraged, to your point. I, I think I would have disagreed, but that doesn't mean I would have been outraged. And based on what you've read, do you think Michigan has as good a chance in court as they seem to think that they do? You know, yes. I mean, everything I've heard from people, look, I, I, this is one in which I'm certainly not an expert, but I, I know a lot of lawyers, including Mike Tannenbaum, <laughs> who was in here on Friday, who said he absolutely believes they will get a temporary injunction. So will Harbaugh be on the field this weekend? Who knows? Will it be there more importantly for the Ohio State game? I guess we'll find out. All right. One piece of business left. Hashtag KOD. The Kiss of Death. And Monday Night Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. I see the Bills minus seven home against Denver tonight. That's right. I think seven points is too many. The worst kept secret in the NFL right now is the Broncos defense is actually good. Like They had this game in which they allowed 70 to Miami. Over the last four games, they've allowed four touchdowns across 42 drives. I don't have a lot of confidence right now um, in Buffalo, to be honest with you, Greeny. They failed to cover in each of their last five games. Three-fourths of the public is on the Bills. I think seven's a number that's too large. What do you think? I do. I agree with you. Uh, you had me at the public is all on the bills. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, 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 if this weekend proved anything, it proved fade what everybody thinks. And it's easy to view the Broncos as through that prism, the team that allowed 70 points. But over the last month, they've not been so bad. And Buffalo has not instilled any confidence at all lately. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play the Broncos at plus the seven. If the Bills lose the game tonight, their Super Bowl window is officially shut. We'll see you tomorrow to talk about it right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast.